the Irish Times business podcast in association with Irish Life. We can help your company and your employees look forward to tomorrow. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Hello and welcome to the Irish Times Business Podcast. This is Wednesday, February 25th. I'm Kieran Hancock. And on this week's show, we'll be looking at the corporate spat between Irish oil and gas exploration company PetroCeltic and its biggest shareholder, Worldview. PetroCeltic held an EGM in Dublin today to consider various claims by Worldview, including a motion to sack its chief executive, Brian O'Cahan. Who will win this argument and gain control of PetroCeltic's future? We'll also consider the future of another Irish exploration company, Providence Resources, backed by the family of Sir Anthony O'Reilly. Providence today said it would seek to raise almost $31.4 million via various share placings. What does this mean for existing shareholders and what does the company plan to do with the money? Joining me in the studio to consider these matters is Irish Times Business Affairs correspondent Mark Paul and David Holohan, Head of Research at Merrion Stockbrokers. Gentlemen, you're both very welcome. Mark, we'll start with you. Uh, you've just come straight from what I believe was an emotional EGM at Petroceltic in Dublin today. Bef- before we get on to that, you might just paint the picture as to the background uh, in relation to the spat between PetroCeltic and its biggest shareholder, Worldview. Worldview Capital is, uh, is, a, is, a, is a Swiss-based fund. Um, I suppose you would call them an activist investor. Um, they've been at loggerheads with management um, um, for, for, for well over a year now. They've been, they've been stake building in the company since 2011. They own um, 29%. They're the biggest shareholder block. They oppose management strategy for the company. They want the chief executive ousted. They're involved in, um, uh, in, in a lawsuit with the company. Um, and essentially what Wor- Worldview's beef is, is that they want the company to change its strategy in relation to developing its main asset, which is in Algeria. They want they want this thing brought to market and brought to production much, much quicker. And um, They want the company to cut its costs and they think that if you uh, develop it faster um, um, and more quickly, cut costs that um, and by selling off some of the non-core assets of the company that they could release value. Management disagrees with that. Um, management's point of view is that, look, we know Algeria, we know the government, we know our senior partners in Algeria and um, we have, I suppose, the emotional capital and, and the connections with the government to get this thing over the line and you don't, and that's that's the basis of the disagreement. And they've argued that this is a terrorist threat uh, potentially in Algeria as well, haven't they? They have actually. They, they, I mean, I mean, the the, the the company has concerns that that there is a very visible terrorism threat in Algeria. I mean, where uh, where their main asset in Algeria is located is about five hundred and fifty kilometers from anywhere. Um, um, it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's very very vulnerable. And um, the company is planning to put an awful lot of money into building the likes of panic rooms, um, 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 several security entrances, barricades. All of that costs a lot of money. Now, um, um, I mean. It's not a central issue, the terrorism issue, but I mean, it just, I suppose, it goes into the whole factor as to the costs of developing the Algerian asset. Um, and Worldview Capital believes it can be done much cheaper. And um, the company uh, says, look, there is a lot of cost to take on board here. Right, OK, so let's get to the EGM today. What happened? Um, well, there was an EGM held today at which um, Worldview put forward three motions. Um, they wanted the chief executive, Brian O'Cohan, removed uh, from the board, which would, in effect, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, he would, his, his executive position um, wouldn't last too long after that. And they wanted two of their own um, um, directors appointed. Now, uh, the company asked shareholders to vote against those three motions, and they wanted um, two other independent uh, 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 non-executive directors appointed. Um, and um, um, the the, 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 you got the sense quite early on from Worldview and from talking to them and coming up to the meeting that they didn't think that they were going to win. Um, so I suppose the, uh, the, the 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 meeting was quite it, it was quite emotional in one sense um, because there was a lot of a lot of the, 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 they have nine thousand retail shareholders uh, so they've got quite a big and chunk. how many turned up today and there were several hundred in the room um, um, and uh, 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 of that several hundred several of them were very very vocal. Now it, it's unusual in that its shareholder uh, its retail shareholder base is actually reasonably sizable. Um, 
um, you've got the two big shareholder blocks. The chairman's company controls 20%, um, and then you have Worldview who controls 30%. Um, so, so they count. Their votes do count to retail shareholders. And they really wanted to know what Worldview were all about. All they hear is that they were sort of Russian-connected, maybe Bulgarian-connected, sort of Swiss-connected. And they didn't really seem to have any clear sense as to what was going on. And one shareholder in particular got up, and he was quite emotional in his defense of the management. And he said, look, you know, if I want to bring Brian O'Cohan out for a pint um, um, and give out to him about the strategy company, I can do that. He goes, I don't know who these guys are. There was a huge level of security at the meeting. Um, um, I mean, you know, uh, we've both been through a lot of AGMs and EGMs and, and whatever of Irish PLCs. I've never had to go through four security checks in order to get into a room before. Four security checks? I've never had to show photograph ID to get into an Irish EGM before. Um, I've never had to give my name before I went there um, to get into an Irish EGM. Now, I don't know whether that's just part of the bitterness um, between both sides and both sides in the block, but it added a, te- a-, a tension and an atmosphere to the meeting. Um, um, Brian O'Cohan, the chief executive, made, um, um, I wouldn't say an impassioned plea, but, 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 but a, very, a very direct plea to the shareholders that, look, I know what I'm doing. Um, and, and these guys, he argued, don't know what they're doing. Now, Angelo Moskov, who was the chief executive of Worldview Capital, strictly speaking, he wasn't allowed to talk at the AGM. Only their nominated proxy, who was a solicitor, was allowed to speak. But he asked the chairman, uh, Robert Adair, for permission to Angelo Moskov to address the room because the, the natives were getting restless. They wanted to hear from this guy. So he got up and he basically uh, uh, said, look, there's, they, they think the company is spending its money in the wrong place. They wanted to sell off uh, non-core assets, and they think at some stage it's going to run out of money, and that uh, and that and that then their agreement will be needed for for, for a fundraising. The company denies this, by the way. Um, and then in the background of all of this, then you have whether or not the company will be sold. Dragon Oil, um, um, uh, they didn't make a bid for the company last year, but they certainly indicated that they were thinking about it. And then they withdrew when the oil price collapsed, and they withdrew that in December, which caused the company's share price to have. So you have all these factors going on. Um, 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 Worldview, um, um, it, it thought that it might win out. On, on, on Wednesday and Worldview did not win out on Wednesday but Worldview won't go away I think is uh, is, is the thing so the, the, the strategy now is how does a company function then um, and, 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 and what's the next step for, uh, for, for, for Petrocaltic International Yeah David Holohan I know you weren't at the EGM today but you have been monitoring events at Petrocaltic on and off uh, for some period What's gone wrong there? I mean, if we go back a year, things the picture looked a lot different for the company and, and Brian O'Cohan seemed to be pretty secure in his position. What's gone wrong for the company since then? I think if you if you look at what's happened over the last year, clearly the oil price decline that has happened uh, was a major focus for that whole space. Uh, there's also been a number of uh, exploration and development mishaps by PetroCeltic. So really their main asset is that Algerian asset and their exploration in other territories hasn't really amounted to much. So the fact that, you know, being dependent on an asset that won't produce uh, for several years out isn't a very attractive uh, asset to have. And that is the proposition for PetroCeltic at this point because its exploration in other areas simply hasn't uh, proved that successful. And how damaging is it for a company when its chief executive is effectively at loggerheads with the biggest shareholder? It's very unusual. Uh, it's very unusual for a uh, activist shareholder to build as large a stake as Worldview has in PetroCeltic, and it's equally um, distracting, I think, for management to have to spend so much time uh, dealing with one particular aggrieved shareholder. And there has been a suggestion that Worldview is simply looking to get, you know, to get a nice price from somebody else, from a third party, if you like, to actually get out of its holding uh, in PetroCeltic. What's your view? I think once you build a stake approaching uh, 30% of a company, you are faced with the choice of actually bidding for the entire company, um, which is unlikely in this case, or simply waiting for the company to be taken out because it would take them uh, a significant amount of time to sell down that stake in the open market. So really their exit strategy is that somebody will uh, acquire PetroCeltic. And you know there have been several expressions of 
interest most recently from Dragon Oil, but they failed to come to fruition. Yeah, why did Dragon step back? I think Dragon stepped back because uh, between the period they had originally examined the company and when they were getting close to potentially making an offer for it, uh, the outlook for oil had deteriorated significantly. And because PetroCeltic, uh, they're, they're not producing a lot of cash flow, uh, the, it's less attractive then for Dragon Oil uh, to potentially acquire them in, in an environment where oil prices are declining, particularly when they may be able to acquire uh, oil-based companies as opposed to gas-based com- companies uh, for a cheaper multiple than, mm. than they would have been able to do with PetroCeltic. So, Mark, we've had EGM. Where does it go from here now for PetroCeltic? Well, um, um, the the the... the I, I suppose it's a, it's a case of what will worldview do now in one sense. I mean, I mean, management has always indicated that they'll continue to pursue their strategy. Um, of course, they have to be open to talks to um, worldview. And actually, one thing that was very interesting to note at the EGM today was that there was a very, very, um, um, although there was corporate bitterness and, and I suppose, uh, um, official bitterness, once the meeting ended, there was very cordial relations between um, Angelo Moskov, the chief executive of, world, of, of worldview, and, uh, and the chairman, Robert Adair. I mean, they had a nice cosy chat in the back of the room and they sort of agreed to disagree. Agree. So the question really is, what will Worldview do now? Because um, 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 I think their strategy is probably going to be patience. They think that the company at some stage will, will run out of money or it will be subject to an offer one or the other. And in that case, Worldview will be needed. And whether or not its control of the board is irrelevant, it's, 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 it's 29% will be needed to get something over the line. Um, and that's where they'll start to exert leverage, I think. They don't really have much leverage now at the moment. Um, 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 so it's, uh, uh, that, you know, they can call EGMs and they can do this at the other but if they don't win the votes, they don't have much leverage. So um, if, uh, just in relation to Dragon Oil, I mean, one of the interesting aspects of that, you know, everybody assumed that a deal was quite close, but of course that would have needed worldviews okay as well. And, and there was no indication. I mean, I certainly have never gotten any indication that they would have backed um, a Dragon Oil bid, um, which would lead you to believe that they would want Dragon to bid higher. But sure, if Dragon come back, I mean, the expectation would be that they would bid lower because of the, the, the lowering in the price of oil. So I still think as a, as a corporate war, as a corporate battle, there's still a long way to go in this. Um, worldview you will will probably try and exert patience. They will wait it out. Their financial investors, as as David says, they have no interest in taking over an oil and gas company. They're not they're not oil and they don't run oil and gas companies. They're financial investors. Angel Moskov is an investment banker. Um, so and what about the position of Brian O'Cohan? I mean, is that tenable in the long term? And was there any mention today at the EGM of whether he offered to resign or step aside? to perhaps smooth relations between the two sides? There, there, there was no, certainly no indication of that given. Um, I interviewed um, Angelo Moskov and Denis Ashenko, another partner in Worldview, last week, um, and I asked them, well, you know, is there any circumstances where there could be a rapprochement and where you might meet Brian O'Cohan again to talk about this? Denis Ashenko's reply to me was, we'll only meet Brian O'Cohan when it's to tell us that he's stepping down. Um, they're digging in. It sounds like they're digging in, and every signal we get from their camp is that they're going to dig in, and they think they'll be needed at some stage. David, do we know why Worldview invested in PetroCeltic in the first place, particularly taking such a big stake? Yeah, it, it's not immediately clear as to what their reasoning behind it was. Clearly, given that uh, the company's asset in Algeria has remained in place for several years, that it, it remains the core reason to be in PetroCeltic. But again, that's an asset that is not going to be generating cash uh, on, uh, really until 2018. So it's been well known that this is going to be a long, drawn-out um, development project for the company. And I think really where um, most investors get into to oil companies on the basis that uh, exploration fines will significantly increase the value of the shares. That was really never present in PetroCeltic, so it had to be a buy-in on the basis that they really liked the Algerian project. At Irish Life, we can tell you that 49% of employees in Ireland don't think about tomorrow. They don't have a pension plan. We can help you help them. 
Because if you're involved in running your company's pension plan, we can administer it for you. With our member-specific investment solutions, online access for employers, trustees and members, and always-on smartphone apps. Just call one of our corporate team on 01704-1845. Visit irishlifecorporatebusiness.ie or contact your pension consultant to find out how we can help your company think of tomorrow. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Irish Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. All information source for Irish Life September 2014. We'll switch our focus now to Providence Resources, another Irish exploration company. It's backed by the family of Sir Anthony O'Reilly. It's had some great ambitions to bring oil in, uh, well, oil primarily out of the seas around Ireland, but it's had a turbulent uh, 12 months or so, I think it's fair to say. The share price mark was uh, €2.80 about a year ago. And today uh, it's gone down as low as 34 cents. And that's after the company announced plans to raise just over $31 million uh, through various placings with uh, new and existing shareholders. Uh, what's going on with Providence and why does it need to raise this extra money? Well, simply the, 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 the question with Providence as to what's gone wrong is that they haven't delivered what they said they would deliver or they have yet to deliver what they said they would deliver. Um, and Tony O'Reilly Jr., the chief executive of the company, was talking last year uh, about an agreement with, uh, with, with a bigger, richer partner where they would sell down part of their stake in, in what's known as the Barry Row prospect. I should um, mention that this Tony O'Reilly is the son of Sir Anthony O'Reilly. He's the son of Sir Anthony O'Reilly. And um, 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 the, the Barry Row is their big player. Um, um, and where they're trying to bring oil in off the, the, the southern coast, off the coast of, I think it's Wexford and Waterford. Um, and uh, um, um, shareholders have been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for, for, for them to conclude a deal. And in the meantime, the oil price has been sliding and sliding and sliding. Now, part of that, of course, is that, uh, or the share price has been sliding. Part of that, of course, is because the price of oil has been dipping, but part of it is because the company has yet to deliver what it gave an indication that it had. Now, they have told the market quite clearly that they have, um, in their words, reached an agreement. Um, but, of course, they haven't signed an agreement. There's no sign of this this partner coming on board to help them fund Barry Row and, and bring the oil onto land and, 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 and monetise the There's litigation outstanding in relation to Barry Row as well, isn't there, in the UK? <laughs> Uh, um, d- d- the UK company. D- there is actually part of the fund. Uh, d- 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 there was litigation with a company called Transocean, and um, where um, and they, they own six million in relation to to, to, to drills. But look, there's, there, there's all sorts of disagreements about Barry Row, and there's disagreements about whether or not it is um, 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 what the industry uh, or, or, or what industry watchers thought it was. And um, when I don't know if you remember, um, 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 uh, I certainly don't. Back in the 70s and 80s, uh, uh, where there was all this talk that Ireland was going to be the European Saudi Arabia, Atlantic Resources, a pre a, a forerunner of uh, Providence Resources, which taught, Sir Anthony O'Reilly was, which behind. Sir Anthony O'Reilly, uh, the father, uh, was behind. They um, they kind of uh, uh, thought that they had uh, struck black gold off Ireland, and it turned out not to be. And you kind of wonder, in one sense, is this um, you know is this history repeating itself all over again with a company that promised so much has delivered in truth very very little, and that's why shareholders are losing patience. David, what do you think the reasons behind Providence problems over the past twelve months have been? I think uh, Providence's main issue has been that management waited too long to farm down the uh, uh, Barry Row prospect. Uh, while they maintain a majority of that uh, stake, uh, ultimately Providence was always going to be too small to ever bring it to development and, and towards production. So the fact that they waited so long, coupled with the oil price declining by 50%, left the company in a significantly weakened position. And now, effectively, it is having to raise capital, um, uh, fresh equity at the lowest share pr- price that the company has had for several years. I mean, the prospects of getting oil out of the co- uh, out of the waters around Ireland seemed quite hot a year or two ago. Uh, there was even talk of drilling off the coast of Dalky, but that all seems to have collapsed, particularly with dropping oil prices. 
Yeah, I think the Barry Row find was the largest uh, individual find ever um, off the coast of Ireland and there was a lot of uh, enthusiasm for it at the time. Clearly, for Providence, what would have been very attractive for the company would have been to identify a, a larger company to uh, farm down a stake to earlier on in the process. Uh, but several companies did look at the data and chose not to invest. Uh, they have recently uh, come close to agreeing um, a farm down with uh, a third party, but that third party is trying to raise the financing in order to uh, um, you know, provide uh, Providence with, with uh, financing to develop that project further. Up until that happens, Providence is left in a situation whereby uh, they have no cash coming in of any material scale and in order to develop Barry Road towards production it will cost several hundred million which is just something Providence doesn't it's have. Beyond Providence, yeah. Now the, they announced the share uh, fundraising earlier this morning. Since then the share price has, has tanked really. It's gone down by over 12%. Yeah, uh, what does that tell us? Effectively the share price has come down to where the fundraising will take place, so at about 25p. Um, but it effectively means the company at present has a market value of about £16 million, which pales in comparison to what other companies with similar size reserves would be trading at. And I think that is due to the fact that there's a lot of questions as to whether Barry Row will ever get um, to the point of development development and, and producing oil out of the ground. And I think within Providence, uh, the company itself really has to look at its cost base. Um, several of the executives in the company are still drawing down salaries um, of, of several hundred thousand, which doesn't look um, um, right given the size of the company. So there's a lot of things that need to happen in order for Providence to, to move on from this. And key will be finding a farm down uh, partner. Sure. Mark, uh, Sir Anthony O'Reilly's financial travails have been well documented in recent months. It was thought that Providence uh, might provide him with a, a, a bright light, if you like. Uh, it might in some way compensate for uh, a lot of the losses he's incurred in other investments uh, over the past while, but that doesn't seem to be the case now. He hasn't had a lot of luck in the last number of years, uh, Sir Anthony O'Reilly, and he had no luck here with the timing of this. I mean, I mean, you know, when his... Um, um, How when big is the shareholding? His his shareholding in Indexia was at one stage about sixteen percent, David. Um, um, I'm not sure, but his shareholding is held by a company called Indexia Holdings, and Indexia obviously has a judgment now standing against it from AIB. So his shareholding in Providence is now in play um, in 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 that sense. Um, and there was you know when his troubles flared up kind of at the beginning of last summer, um, and the price of oil was more than double. I think yeah, what, what, over hundred dollars. What what, yeah. what what it is now, um, and and you know that might have alleviated his difficulty somewhat if he was able to monetize it at that point. But I mean, you know, the share price in Providence has tanked, the price in oil has tanked, and it's not going to climb up anytime soon. So it's not going to get him, it's not going to do much good for his creditors, really, um, um, you know, as, as to whether or not his entire shareholding in Providence will, will change hands at some stage. Um, um, as he negotiates with his creditors, that could happen. And then you wonder then, what does that also mean then for, Sir, for, for Tony O'Reilly Jr., who's his son, who's the chief executive? Yeah. David, there's been a lot of false songs in relation to oil, oil exploration around Ireland uh, over the years. I mean, uh, Mark talked about Atlantic Resources going back yep. to the 70s and, and 80s, and there have been other companies involved um, down the years. We thought maybe we were going to hit pay dirt, if you like, uh, about a year or two ago, especially when the oil price was high, but it's, it's since dropped. This oil, if it's there, it's, it's very deep in the sea. It's going to be costly to extract. Do you think we'll ever see the day when we'll get a significant amount of oil? 
I think the waters around while it's likely that the oil is in place, uh, it is very expensive to develop and companies will have to make the judgment as to do they believe it is worth spending several hundred million to bring that oil out of the ground. And I think as well as that, Ireland has a very bad track record of uh, bringing uh, oil and gas on shore and running into environmental yeah, problems just there. Like a carb, for example. Exactly. So that is one of the reasons why some of the companies that may have liked the Barry Row prospect decided not to invest because of what was happening with the carb field. And of course, there's a huge backlash in Dalky when they mentioned that they were seeking to develop uh, offshore there. Absolutely. And that would have actually been in, in quite shallow water because, you know, you would have been able to see the rig from the Dalky coast, um, which would, you know, the, the shallower the water, the cheaper it is to extract the oil. Uh, Barry Row isn't actually overly deep by international standards. Um, it's 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 uh, not too far off the coast. But again, it's just a case of um, while the oil might be there, it will cost a lot of money to develop. And given the fact that there have been so many environmental concerns that have stymied uh, larger projects, um, it, it puts some of the oil majors off Ireland. Yeah. Mark, does the industry here have any credibility? Um, well, I suppose that's a, it's, it's a big all-encompassing question. I mean, I mean, they've promised a lot. Various prominent people in the industry have promised a lot over the years um, um, and have never really delivered. Um, um, like I, I was talking to, to, to Aidan Heavey of Tullow Oil um, um, when their results were out there last week or the week before, and he was talking about how they were regrouping all of their um, focus on production to the west coast of Africa, where he says he can get oil out of the ground. They've already found it. They can get it out of the ground for $12 a barrel. Um, so if it's oil, is $50 a barrel or whatever Look, there's still plenty of profit for them to be made there nobody's going to come to Ireland to get um, um, oil out of the ground for $12 a barrel it's just not going to happen so so Ireland was always risky um, and, and that was always reflected in the generous terms that were offered um, Ireland because of the low price of oil is now even riskier from a financial perspective um, um, the oil is there there's no credibility in, in whether or not the oil is there the, the fines have been made but the credibility on whether any Irish based Irish run um, um, any company overseen by Irish executives can get it out of the ground and make a profit out of it I don't, I, I don't know whether that'll happen Yeah, David the EGM is slated for March 20th to get approval yeah. for this uh, fundraising do you think there will be any investor agitation around that? I think there will be investor agitation clearly they um, have experienced a significant fall the share price is down over 90% in the last year the last time investors in Providence put money into the company was at a significantly higher um, valuation than the share price is currently trading at. I think they will raise questions as to whether management are capable of developing this project and whether they should simply put the company up for sale and it would be in, you know, generate more value in, in, in a better team. Okay, we'll see how that plays out. That's it for this week from the Irish Times Business Podcast. My thanks to studio guests Mark Paul and David Holohan. Declan Conlon produced the show with JJ Vernon as sound engineer. Don't forget you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our Business Today email at irishtimes.com. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care.